Alex freaking yes. had a raging hard and just kept texting me during this was the Sonic Mo- 2 movie reveal. Let's fucking go! I'm so pumped for this movie. This movie is going to be so fucking good. Movie of the year, hands down. What's up, everyone? Welcome into Lighthearted Gamers, episode 68. Malx Light with Spark Free. Back in the saddle. Glad to be back in here doing the show. Shout out to Zach and John for holding it down and doing the last episode for me while I've been sick. I still am kind of sick, still a little under the weather, but I'm on the other side of things. So I do apologize for any coughing that I may have throughout this episode. I'm going to try to keep it to a minimum, but hey, those coughing attacks, man, they just come out of nowhere at random times. Uh, shout out to Zach here in studio with me. Zach, how you doing? How you feeling today? I'm doing good. I mean, we when we did the remote ones, I survived the coughing. You did, yeah, yeah, yeah. It worked out. Uh, hopefully, it can work out in here with me and you. Hopefully, I won't die a thousand times. I don't know. I did Animan Plus News, and I only died once, so that's not too bad. Hopefully, we can keep it around that same level. Uh, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, for this episode, we will be talking about the Game Awards, uh, all the announcements, uh, the game, the award winners themselves, and just the show itself. There's kind of a little bit of controversy around the show and how it was handled with the award winners, like just so much more advertisement where it doesn't even feel like an award show in a way. So we're going to be breaking that down, giving our thoughts on it. Uh, I've played about two hours of the Halo Infinite campaign, so I'll give my little brief thoughts on that. And then just some other tidbits and news here and there. Uh, if you could, first and foremost, go follow us on Twitter at LH Gamers Podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. And I would definitely say go follow it because let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room. We did not do the stream. The Game Awards watch along extravaganza that we've hyped up for a month now. Unfortunately, we did not do. I was, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Everyone was sick but me. Yeah. I, I was left alone. I could not do it. Like, there was no chance, there was no, no chance that I should have been on camera. I'll say that up front. I was, Wednesday and Thursday was by far my worst days of how, how sick I was. And then John started to feel under the weather as well. So, unfortunately, we just had to pull the plug on the stream. It, it sucks. It sucks because that's a once-a-year thing. You know what I mean? So that, that is a bummer. It's not a big deal if, it's like if you have to take an unplanned break one week, whatever, you know? Like, that's fine. You got next week. But now we have to wait next year to do the, do the next show. Well, it's, technically, you got to wait till summer, so. Yeah, if we want to do any live stream for E3, we could do that. But it depends uh, let's on... Let's talk about the Summer Game Award thing, but... Well, I mean, yeah, that too. But either way, I mean, they're both going to be like when we're working. So I don't know. We'll see if we can work something out, though. Um, but yeah, go follow us at Twitter at, at LH Gamers Podcast, and you can stay up to date for any sort of cancellations like that. I did tweet it out. Apologies about that. It sucks. It is what it is, though. We, you know, let's go keep it moving, and then go check out the other shows like at you know Animan Plus, terrible football show, talking about movies and stuff, which did have two new episodes come out. So go listen to those. I'd definitely appreciate that. And lastly, if you want to support us, the Patreon is a great way to do so. But do not feel like just be a friend, tell a friend that you're watching or listening, and shout out to Andy, our tier one patron. Uh, last couple plugs for you. Number one, uh, next episode is episode 69, which is going to be, yeah, we are recording that this week, and then it's Christmas break. Yeah, because we are on a break for Christmas. We're not recording that week. Uh, episode 69, we'll have a very special little announcement here. It's an in-house announcement for what's happening here at Sparky 3 and this show. I definitely recommend tuning in. Uh, I'm immensely hyped for it, but like in reality, it's not the biggest deal. It is and it's not. You know what I mean? As a listener, you, you're going to hear the announcement on episode 69. You'll be like, oh, that's cool. Anyway, and that's basically how it's going to go. But I think it's super cool and I'm really excited for it. 
And then we have episode 70 coming after that where we are going to be talking about everything that's coming out in 2022 in terms of games that we know right now. Because 2022, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinion, is set to be probably one of the best years in gaming in history. I mean, there's so many massive games set to come out. And we're going to talk about every single one of them, break it down with the ones that we're most excited for, the ones that we think could eat ass, like Babylon Falls potentially. Because both of these trailers that we've seen do not look good. But maybe they can turn it around. They got time. Uh, before we jump into the rest of the show, uh, Zach, you got anything? Because I do. Do you have anything? I mean, I don't have anything right this moment, no. Okay. Well, the first thing I have, because I wanted to do it last episode, but unfortunately I was sick, because I did want to show off my Black Friday haul a little bit, because I had a pretty good haul. So I'm going to run through this pretty quickly. Uh, I am going to count this as part of the Black Friday haul, because Target sucks when it comes to shipping new <laughs> stuff. And I didn't get this till basically Black Friday. Of course, we have Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl double pack, so that's pretty cool. Uh, now, the stuff that I actually bought at Black Friday, uh, we're throwing it back a little bit. Uh, I got a couple of 3DS games. Uh, I got both of the Fire Emblem Fates, uh, Conquest and Birthright. Get a little bit closer there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, I've already started Conquest. Looking oh, so the harder one. <laughs> yes. So, looking forward to seeing how that's going to go for me. Uh, and then for the, some other Switch games that I got, I got Paper Mario Origami King. Because this was on a very nice sale at GameStop. GameStop basically said, fuck you, Nintendo, to that $40 sale and put this on. I'll put all of their games on sale for $28. Hey. Yeah, that was, uh, I hit that up for sure. Also hit up uh, Skyward Sword finally. Uh, it wasn't necessarily on sale. I mean, technically it was for 50 bucks, but you could buy that at Walmart anyway. I just got it as a part of the buy two, get one pre owned. That's essentially how I got that one. Uh, Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity. Finally got this one. Uh, I should have got it last year, but yeah. I'm, I'm terrible at doing this. And then my last four that I have here, Biomutant. Finally got on this train. I, I took John's advice, and I just waited. And I think yours as well. Both, yeah. both you guys said is wait for a good price. So that's what I did. Finally got that. Looking forward to jumping into that one. A very random one for me. At complete, I've never even heard of this game until I saw it was on sale, brand new for 20 bucks. And I'm like, I looked into it a little bit. I like the concept. I'm like, yeah, we'll buy it. I got a game called uh, 13 Sentinels, Woo! which Zach is a big fan of. When I told him that, Zach was, like, I'm, Zach was like, I'm very okay with that. That's a very good game. This is also coming to Switch next year. Uh, so looking forward to jumping into that one. Uh, then I got Life is Strange, True Colors. Already played and beat that. Very good game. Very much enjoyed that. Looking forward to Life is Strange Remastered because it's been a while since I've played that one. And then lastly, I got Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Game of the Year nominee. Uh, I've only played about two hours of that so far. So overall, pretty good haul. I'm happy with it. I got all these new games. And instead, I'm playing Halo Infinite multiplayer and college football revamp mod because okay. I'm a bitch. So with all that, how much did that cost you? Just those games alone? Man, don't get me guessing. <laughs> I don't you can't know. even give me a ballpark. Um, probably like two hundred. All right, he did that for Black Friday. I went retro shopping Uh-oh. because I love JRPGs, so I will collect them. But anyone who's sticks with JRPGs comes to realize that <coughs> old ass games will have stupidly high price tags. True. So for me, I picked up. One of the older RPGs, Sugaden 3, which is still $36, a PS2 game. And it came out back in two, two, 2008. As well as Mana Kama 2, which was 90 bucks, That came out in uh, 
I looked it up. When, when did it come out? It came out in 20, 2008. When was the other one? Sugadan came out back in 2002. Mm. Then I also found an original Persona game for PlayStation for 350 And he bought it. Yeah, I bought that sucker. <laughs> I wasn't turning that away. Fuck. <laughs> you are a massive Persona fan, so it is, Shoot. it is expected. I got Persona. Now I just got to find a copy of two, which is going to cost more. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that, bud. <laughs> All right, now that we kind of went through a haul, I guess we can go ahead and jump into things. Um, so we'll kick off things with the rumor mill. Only got a few things. Kicking off with Persona, actually. Uh, this is per Zippo, uh, who's hit or miss on his leaks. I mean, he's gotten some right, he's gotten some wrong. Uh, he did say recently that Persona 3 Portable Remaster is coming. Uh, he, he did correctly predict that the Persona 4 Arena that we got that we saw at the Game Awards is coming. So apparently the Persona 3 Portable is coming, and you're not too happy Boo. about it. It, it, uh, is does it just eat ass? I have no idea. It was a pretty shitty port. Okay. Well, <laughs> apparently you're getting your remaster. <laughs> I mean, if they clean it up, it'll be better. But I mean, the initial, I mean, I say shitty port. It was, I, right. it wasn't the same experience though. Mm, okay. Uh, next up in the room mill. Uh, I actually, I got, I got a couple things back to back from this guy. You know, this is actually one of the more notable, uh, leakers out there. The insiders out there that I like to follow. This is, uh, both from, um, Tom Henderson. First one that he's got is apparently the next Splinter Cell game is early in development and is scoped to be open world. Uh, the way he describes it is a more stealthy version of Assassin's Creed, uh, but in terms of the open world, he describes it as similarly to how Halo Infinite has done its open world, which is more kind of closed, but it's still open. I don't understand that statement because Splinter Cell in general is more stealthier than Assassin's Creed. <laughs> that is true, but I guess he just means like, uh, like think of the Assassin's Creed world. But then just, you know, being, I guess, traditional Splinter Cell being more stealthy. You know what I mean? Traditional Splinter Cell is your ass walking around shooting out spotlights because that's the only way you're not going to get spotted is if you shoot out all the lights. <laughs> that, is, that is true. <laughs> I've played the original. That's the only one I've played. I never played Chaos Theory, but I did play the original. So that and is you true. you spend a lot of time shooting lights. Yes, you do. <laughs> Uh, the next thing that he's got is um, apparently a massive DLC is coming for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That is now that part is to be expected. DLC in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you know, you know, it is going to be a, a little while before the next Assassin's Creed game. So any sort of expansion in DLC, we know about a few that's on the way currently. But so this one's kind of, but the way he describes it, this one's going to be March 2022, and there's going to be apparently be a smaller one later this month. But the massive DLC is apparently like going to be like 40 hours long, and it's going to be like a God of War style esque adventure. I did actually see a couple other leaks about this as well. Uh, it seems there's going to be a lot. There's a lot more credibility building behind this right now. That this is legitimately probably going to happen. But 40 hour long DLC, man, that's whew, that's massive. Yeah, that's pretty much just an expansion of the game. Yeah, it is. I'm not, I mean, just some Assassin's Creed fans will be happy with it, but then you have the other half who already think the game is stupidly long. That is true. And now you're going to add another DLC that people may or may not touch. You're going to have those players that's like 250 hours in and haven't even beat the game yet. They're going to see this and be like, God damn it! <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> man, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, that is one that I'm I'm just scared to play it. I'm going to be real. Because like I know I'm not going to fucking finish this game. There's no chance that I'm going to finish it. Not not to the not today's version of me. No. Maybe a high school version of me would have finished that. Today's version of me, there's no chance that I'm finishing this fucking game. Uh the next thing we have, the last thing for the room mill, and this one was actually pretty cool. Caught caught steam uh yesterday actually. 
Uh, someone found a leak from 2019 uh, that details about a new Sonic game, and it did correctly call it Sonic Frontiers was one of the names that it was toying with. They did drop a couple of tidbits about Super Mario Odyssey as well as a picture. Uh, so I'll start with the Mario Odyssey thing because it's literally just a couple things. Uh, apparently, Luigi will be playable in about 20 locations during the game. That's all. That's all they said. They kept that very to a minimum, and it was more focused on all the Sonic Frontier stuff. Uh, so some th- some of the things that I picked out because it was kind of tough to read with how it was. It, it was it was basically a trademark, you know, phone picture on a computer screen. Yeah. So it's like half of it's cut off, where I can only read like half of a paragraph. So I kind of had to piece together what they're trying to tell me. Uh, but anyway, apparently the area is called Starfall Islands is going to be this environment that we're in, as we saw on at the Game Awards. Uh, there's going to be four different islands that are called exotic uh, Titan boss battles, which you can go supersonic f- mode for, which, OK, that would make sense from the little in shot that we got from that trailer. And there is going to be an actual skill tree for Sonic, which that one ties up with some other rumors that we've seen for quite some time now about this game is that there will be like a Sonic S skill tree. So if that ends up this to me, this ends up to me, this is true because again, this is from 2019 and did correctly predict the name and a couple other aspects that kind of are hinted at in the trailer. So if the, you know, just go ahead and assume this is true. That's pretty dope. And I'm here for it. How would you feel if that tree was literally just a, Straight line, and each skill is just go fast, go faster, go fastest, gotta go fast. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it would not surprise me. I'm gonna talk about that more in a little bit. <laughs> and then just right at the end, chili dogs. Yes. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me. You know, my full thoughts on on Sonic Frontiers I'll give here in a little bit when we get down the game awards. But even though I am excited, I'm holding that excitement back a little bit because I mean. Sega has fucked this for 15 years, man. Sega. <laughs> so I am a little afraid. Uh, let's hop over to the actual quick news now. What do we have going on this week? So PUBG, now free to play for everybody, all with the announcement of their more or less starting over, similar to what Fortnite did a year or two back. Yeah, with PUBG. Chapter 2, whatever. Yeah, PUBG is now going to take their shot at that. And I still love the PUBG marketing of the original Battle Royale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they love throwing that out there. Um, for anyone who's still messing with it, Garfield to be added to Nick, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. So now you can beat people with lasagna. Fuck yeah. Uh, Hishuin Voltorb revealed as a grass electric type, which was really interesting. I actually really like that art design for it. I actually really like it as well. And quickly going back to Garfield, did you see the fucking Xbox Garfield? That Garfield Xbox? No. Xbox put out a tweet about it where you can enter to win an Xbox that's modeled after Garfield. Like, you got a skin on it. It looks so fucking stupid. Hey, guys. <laughs> I got my Xbox Series X here as Garfield in my mini fridge right next to you. Yeah. Mm. It's got lasagna and Mountain Dew. <laughs> Oh, man. I saw that Xbox, and I'm like, that is the dumbest thing in the world. And I saw a couple people that I'll follow, like RGT85. He immediately says, please, Xbox, I will do anything for this. 
Uh, but back to the Voltorb. I actually really like the design as well. Uh, it's almost... It's almost depressing in a way because you see how happy he is. And then you see normal Voltorb where it's like, you know, humans are more like involved there than Voltorb's like really pissed off. <laughs> well, this is technically a game that's set in the past. Yep. And this was probably before Voltorb realized he would kind of learn self-destruct. And that was the only move <laughs> trainers would ever use on him. Yep. <laughs> and as, ever, as he learned this, he became more and more resistant, just dead inside. Yep. Because <laughs> he just knew, if I come out of this ball, they're just going to kill me they're just gonna blow me up man. they're just gonna blow me up fuck i i just want to stay in this ball forever now put me in the box please please oh and real quick um i saw actually i saw a lot of comments uh very confused on why it was a grass type it's just because those pokeballs that are built that are in the past in legends they're like made out of wood yeah that, that, that's literally all it is yeah that's really what it was yeah and everyone everyone there was a lot of people confused why it was a grass type but that's why. I mean, I noticed it just because the <coughs> style of it was very different versus the sort of metallic look, but I'm very curious to have a Voltorb that can learn poison powder. Oh, dude, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be awesome. I'm here for that. Just make it a status ailment Pokemon. Paralyzed, poison powder, sleep powder, sonic boom, or supersonic. Hey, you got to think that things it's probably going to keep the same speed that it's got because Voltorb and Electrode's fast as fuck. Yes, they are. So... <laughs> That'd be a fucking tag that they're going to be in there. Well, besides that, we also have <laughs> Dragonite revealed for Pokemon Unite, finally. Yep. Which we've seen rumors about that and whatnot before. Plus, they had their little Twitter post that showed off a bunch of Pokemon that shouldn't have been seen yet. <laughs> yeah, shout out to the Philippines version. <laughs> and then Banjo-Kazooie comes to Nintendo Switch Online next month. Okay, so I thought that was really cool because the very first thing that I thought of, I think was, uh, I don't remember if it was you or John said it when Paper Mario was released, where it's like, at least they're actually releasing content for it, you know? Yes. And I know John even said, uh, I think that was the episode that was out, right? Yep. Okay. I, I think John said like he felt like, you know, these next few games that we know are coming, like Banjo, Majora's Mask, like they're probably going to be like one after another, and then there may be a, a draw, a bigger drop later. Yeah, that's so what I both like me that, and John were saying, yeah. I feel like that could be the route that they're going with this. Which, I mean, if they do, I mean, it's nice for people who want to play these games again. I mean, I'm set for Banjo-Kazooie. I got Rare Replay from like two years ago. That is true. I don't have Rare Replay, but that's where I last played it. But uh, if they're going to be doing this, just give me Banjo-Tooie. That's the better game of the two. I'll die on this hill. And then, of course, we have Google announced it wants to make Android games playable on Windows next year through a new and native Google Play Games app, which was shown at the Game Awards. Very interesting concept. So I'm assuming that's just going to be like, what, like a launcher, I guess? I would assume so, because I would assume it's sort of like um, the Microsoft Store launcher yeah. that we currently have, because there are several phone games that are on the Microsoft App Store on PC, which you can play through those on PC, like the infamous Raid Shadow Legends is one of them that you that's a very known mobile game that can be played on PC. And then... I assume just similar to Genshin as well. Right. You know, the only thing that, that would come out of that that I would personally be kind of, like, interested in to checking out would be Arena of Valor. 
Um, because the Switch version is fucking dead. I mean, it's, oh yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, it's been fucking dead. But the mobile version is fucking thriving. I mean, it is. I mean, the mobile version until like it. Even when the Switch version had a little bit of life to it, just a little bit, you know, it was still fucking light years behind in terms of updates compared to the, the mobile version. I still hop on the mobile version from time to time to play. It's still fun. I still enjoy that game. So like, if that's gonna be somehow possible for me to play on PC, like through this, yeah, that'd be really cool. I'd be down for that. I mean, that's what it was looking like. It's gonna be is just a more or less uh, mobile port onto PC, like streaming, sort of like our infamous Steam decks and stuff like that. I'd be I'd be fine with that for I mean, the few mobile games that I play. I would be actually very okay with it. I mean, honestly, I feel like it would be a lot more accessible for some people because, I mean, there are people who just play mobile games, but there's other people who will only mess with it when they're not at a computer. But if they can put it on their computer, they're much more likely to do it. Yeah, exactly. And that's basically, that's that's me. That's my stance on it. Because, I mean, I don't play a lot of mobile games. Every once in a while, I'll hop on, I'll play one. But, yeah, if I have the ability to do it more on the computer, yeah. I mean, I saw a lot of people kind of comment. just like, you know, why the fuck would you do that? You know, like, why would you go play it on the computer when you can just go play on your phone? Accessibility and Bingo. comfort. Bingo. Exactly. So, I mean, I, if, they, if, that, if that ends up being exactly how it's going to be, I'm, I'm cool with that. That sounds cool to me. So Yeah, and sooner or later we'll have Xbox Game Pass with mobile games. Hell yeah, let's go. And then lastly in the quick news, Sony acquires Valkyrie Entertainment. Who is one of the co-developers on God of War. Yes. And with that, we now have a list of everything Sony's acquired over um, this year. So we got Valkyrie Entertainment, House Marquee, Blue Point Games, Nixus Software, Fire Sprite, Fabric Games, Evo, Crunchyroll, invested in Discord, Epic Games, Devolver Digital, and From Software. See, Sony is not like. They're not making any, like, splash moves, you know, like Xbox But they says. are acquiring a lot of small things that a lot of people, that a fair amount of people use. Yeah, like, they're, they're acquiring a lot of, like, what I'm going to call key purchases, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, some of these, like, developers that they've purchased, I don't remember exactly which ones. I think, I think Blue Point's one and Fabric's one and Firesprite. I think they're, th- I could be wrong about Firesprite, but they're, like, they're not, like, over the top. They're not actual, like, game developers. Like they like like these studios, they take games like let's say these PC ports that Sony has done, and they make sure they're optimized for PC. And you know, a lot of support yeah. developers is the, what they've essentially been doing. So while like Sony hasn't had like that massive splash purchase like a Bethesda with Xbox, like they're making a lot of great purchases that's going to help them for this generation, which is being set up to be an awesome one. Yeah. Uh, and then you know buying Evo was a pretty big deal, and then with the Crunchyroll thing, we haven't really talked about that much here on this show except once or twice with PlayStation Plus. That's more something we talked about on Anime Plus quite a bit. Final roll. Yeah, exactly. A fun role. Um, but I mean, that's just a, that, and that's a pretty big acquisition in terms of the anime fans. And then, you know, the different investments. Like I know Discord sometime here in this upcoming year, we're going to start getting the Discord uh, PlayStation integration, yep. which I, I'm personally really excited for. I think that's going to be really dope. But no, Sony's making a lot of big moves, man. They're making a lot of big moves. That's going to be like, we're going to like, we're going to look back on these moves as like very essential moves that they've made for this generation. Um, so with that said, let's go ahead and jump over into our talking points. Like I said, we got the game awards. Uh, we're going to, that's basically, like I said, a three part fucking conversation because we have the show itself, the awards, and then the announcements. Uh, I'm going to talk about Halo Infinite real quick as well. Uh, and then Zach. Um, all right. So <laughs> I hit Zach up. 
And I asked him if he had anything for the script. And all he sent me was, I mean, furry horns carry. And all I said was, is that a TFT reference? He said, yes. And that's exactly how I put it on the script. Because I don't know <laughs> what the fuck that means. I've played some TFT, but what the fuck is furry horns? Uh, it's actually fury horns. Fury, sorry. Um, I mean, they are technically furries. So, um, so there's a new beta game mode in TFT with this season set called Doubles or Double Up. Which is literally just teaming up with a person, and it's instead of eight individuals, it's four teams of two. <coughs> and more or less, how it works is pretty much it works like the same TFT, just there's a few differences. If you win your fight before your teammate does, and they're still alive, your units will actually jump to their board and help finish the fight. On certain rounds, you get to send an item to your ally, and then also on even uh, boards, like. When it does set two, four, and six, you get an item that allows you to just send a unit over to your partner to help them out with all the items and stuff on it. And me and John, since the last episode, have been playing a lot of double up TFT. The fuck? Oh, no, they're being fucking stupid. <laughs> For anyone missed that, Alex's dogs apparently maybe just took out a wall. <laughs> <laughs> you keep going. I'm going to check. I'm going to check the security camera. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've been playing a lot of that. It just so happens when you message me about that, me and John literally just won a game by literal seconds. Because what happens when... Because you share health points as well in that mode. So whenever you you and your teammate lose, you both lose health. And whenever y'all get down to one, instead of just dying, it puts you in lethal. And our team, John and me, and the other team were both in lethal. And we won literally because I had a three-star Viger, which is a pain in the ass to acquire. And his ultimate is him summoning a bunch of fury horns from the sky and just exploding on everything. Okay. Yeah, and like literally my entire screen was just a bunch of fury horns falling from the sky. Is this the first time that Riot and TFT have done any sort of like tag team stuff like that? Yes, this is the first time they've done this game mode this season. Like, I mean, like ever. Like, have they done this before at any point in time? As far as I'm aware, no. Okay, because I, I do actually kind of like the idea of having like a partner. Like, I think that actually, and I guess it's also because I fucking suck. But that's <laughs> not the point. That's not the point. Uh, it might be the point. Uh, but I, I still think that's actually a pretty uh, neat concept. I mean, John and me have been having a lot of fun. It's just yeah, you just happened to message me when we were finishing up that game, and like to acquire a three star Viger is a pain in the ass because you have to acquire all six Yordle characters. Get them three-starred, which requires nine copies of that character. And then once you have all those characters, all six at three-starred, you then start summoning Vigers, which is the Yordle Lord. So I then had to go nine rounds to acquire a three-star Viger. So it's a pain in the ass to acquire that thing. I have to hop back on TFT. I just downloaded it the other day back on, the com- on my new computer. I mean, the current set is fun. I played it only like probably maybe an hour's worth on my old computer, and I enjoyed what I got to play. Um, got to buy a fucking Scion out there. Uh, that it just just cause I yeah. was testing stuff out. Scion was a fucking beefy boy. Figured I'd try it. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, I'll have to hop back on this set. Like I said, I just like just uh, yesterday or the day before I reinstalled it back on the computer because I was going to hop on and try to play it. So. 
All right. Well, I guess I'll quickly talk about Halo Infinite. Uh, I've only I've only played a couple hours of the campaign, but before I really talk about my thoughts on the campaign, I do want to address a couple of extra things, like news pieces here. So there was a Bloomberg report that just came out about the development, calling the development like basically development fucking hell because of just like you know the scope of what they wanted and what we got right because they really were going for like the breath of the wild open world game that is legitimately what it was going that just sounds weird for a halo but they couldn't do that obviously they had to massively scale it back to kind of get what we got uh now there was also recently halo the endless was trademarked so my thoughts on that is what if that's an expansion maybe because with the con- with the con- with the content that they got they had to cut to scale it back for this release what if that is just potentially like just an expansion i can only hope it's just the return of horde mode games maybe because there is a lot of modes that are confirmed to be coming soon actually on the 15th so that's actually pretty exciting i'm, I'm ready to play a couple of these on the 15th as well as other ones that are in uh, that are being rumored to be in development so slayer is finally getting a fucking playlist here soon, which it fucking needed day one. Um, Fiesta, which is the random weapons and stuff. They've mm-hmm. recently had an event for that. Free for all and SWAT are coming on the 15th. And as soon as I saw SWAT, I just started laughing because I just thought of fucking Jared and never being able to get his fucking 40 into <laughs> 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 Team SWAT ranked. Uh, but that's all coming on the 15th. That is confirmed. Now, like Griffball, King of the Hill, and other modes like Oddball and stuff like that. Uh, Infection. Was okay. one infection was one to be rumored to be coming, which would be really cool. I love infection. I always love that on the um, like the double XP weekends they would do on Halo Three. They'd have like a special game mode, usually like infection or griff ball. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of fun. Cool to see that coming. Um, I don't know when they could potentially be coming, but in terms of the endless, I still think it could be potentially expansion. But I would like to see firefight come back. I think it was called Firefight. Yeah, for Halo. it was. Because Horde was just, what, was that just Gears? That was Gears. But it was sort of the one that really started those Horde-esque type modes. Man, I love me some Horde on Gears, Bubba. I'll tell you, I spent a lot of time on Horde. Oh, yeah, so did I. <laughs> uh, me, and, me and my boys, we would always play it. And there was there was one, one of my friends who was so-so on Horde, so-so in Gears in general. So we'd basically have, like, one area, like, locked the fuck down, right, as you would. And, like, you know, everyone, you know, every every time this motherfucker would leave, this dude's this dude dies. It never <laughs> fails. And he would always be like, I, I'm going on a recon mission, and we're like, no, fucking stay Stop in it, this. Stop it, damn it. He's like, nah, bro, I need, I, need, I need some new weapons. Like, stay fucking in here. Don't leave. He's like, nah, bro, I got it. I got it. Don't worry about it. He head out there. He get downed, and I'm like, I'm not coming to fucking save your ass. Oh, man, I miss, I miss those days. I miss those days. Those were so much fun. Uh, but in terms of the campaign itself, um, I got to say, I think the open world aspect, I actually I actually think it's something that Halo needs. I really do. Uh, I've only played a couple hours into it, and I think it's, I think it's fantastic. Um, it is very, you know, the, it is very expansive, but tight at the same time. Okay. Uh, you know, you look at the map, and there is a lot to do, but you're not like, you're not overwhelmed with like busy work. Like let's say a Far mm-hmm. Cry game. That Far Cry game gives you just an unbelievable amount of busy work to do. You know, which what is I mean? all just the same thing over and over. Exactly. And when it comes to this game, it's not like that. Uh, there is bit some busy work that you need to do, but it doesn't overwhelm you. It's just kind of the right amount, and it's very fast pace. 
and it, it the exploration is a lot of fun because you can go around just on foot, grapple hooking, Spider-Manning around the place, basically. Or you can get the vehicles as you unlock them. You do actually have a Master Chief skill tree that you can level up for all the different items that you get throughout the game, uh, which is also another interesting aspect because part where you get these other items is finding other Spartans that are basically, I'm assuming they're all going to die. I've only found one and he died. So Wait, so you're just salvaging crab off of dead Spartans? Yep. Okay. Yep, that's exactly right. Uh, because, like, you have different pinpoints on the map where it's just like uh, there was a UNSC signal here. There, there's people that, you know, maybe people still alive. You need to go try to rescue them, whatever. It's like the first one that I went to. You get in there. You save them. You get further. You end up taking on, uh, I forgot his name, but he's known as the Torture. And you do find, like, Spartan armor throughout there. Uh, no, no Spartan body and, you know, uh, the weapon. I don't think she still has a name yet. Uh, says, that oh, you know, Spartan could still be alive. We'll see. And you do find him alive being tortured and whenever you end up saving him he just ends up dying but he does say the spartans there are others there's others out there so it's leading you up to you know find the others and that's how you're going to get your weapon upgrades i'm assuming because you got the radar detector from him uh because you know the for the torture of that that boss fight uh he was invisible which is another thing like you do actually have like i mean you didn't really have a lot of boss fights in Halo. You really didn't. There was only a few. I mean, you don't even really classify them as boss fights. You really don't. This game actually does have some boss fights throughout it. You know, and it's just going to be like these different higher-ups of the Banished, essentially, or the Covenant, whatever. Um, so, I mean, all it, it keeps you busy, but it doesn't overwhelm you is the big thing. The gameplay is unbelievably fluid. And I got to say, one of my hands down, my favorite things about the game is whoever the fuck is in charge of all of the grunt dialogue deserves the fattest fucking promotion on the face of this planet. Cause that is fucking hysterical. Like if you're just kind of like stalking behind them, like where they can't see you and just listening to them talk, it's, it's hilarious where like there was one grunt. It's just like, Oh, Hey, did you hear like, you know, Daryl got a promotion? It's like, Oh no, dude, that's super cool. It's just like, I haven't seen Daryl in a while though. Where is he? And the, uh, the other grunts just like, you know, I don't know, but I, 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 he's definitely not dead. <laughs> I mean, like, like, you, like, if you actually die to a grunt, like, they'll scream out, like, oh, yeah, I killed the demon, and they'll go over to Master Chief and fucking teabag you. Like, the grunts, like, are so much more alive. The world is so much I more mean, alive. They've always done something with the grunts, because the grunts have always been a very good yeah. point of just anything, of just how they react to yes. Master Chief just because they are the equivalent of random civilians yes. in this situation. Yes, they've always been alive, but I'm telling you, it's like scaled up 100% on this game, which I love. I love it so much because like you're sitting there like going into an area, killing a bunch of grunts, killing a bunch of others or whatever. And like y'all, I heard a grunt like just yell, it's just like, I can't cope with this. It's like, oh no, dude, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> he starts running away. It's hilarious, man. Like, like, and it's and like I said, it's scaled up to one hundred percent. It's so much. It happens more often, and just the dialogue itself, it it it's more detailed, and I love that. It's a shame we didn't get that co op campaign. Okay, so that's another thing, man. I swear to God, the couple hours that I've played, you can very clearly tell that that was supposed to be here day yeah. one. It is so fucking obvious because like there are so many different moments where it's just like, you know, you need to go do this and this at the same time. Like, you know, to take care of this one base. It's just like, 
yeah, I see where I'm supposed to have a friend here with me. So I can't wait for the co-op to come because I feel like this is going to be a phenomenal co-op game with friends. I really do. Uh, and I can't wait to play through it on Legendary for it. Which, speaking of, I'm only playing on Heroic right now. Just kind of jumping into it. It does give a, it does give a good challenge. It does give a good challenge, which I was, which I was happy to see. Because I don't feel like I've ever really gotten a challenge from Heroic before. No, not really. Um, but I do feel like I've gotten a little bit of a challenge out of it. <laughs> I have heard that like if you just wanted to like go on normal, it's 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 like it's a cakewalk. Yeah, it's like literally like for a four year old, like even on normal. I don't even know what easy would be like, but it's like it literally it's like it's for just a, a map full of grunts. Yeah, basically. So heroic's not that bad. Uh, I may actually try to do a solo run on legendary. We'll see how it goes. Um, but I mean, I, overall, I'm really enjoying it so far. Uh, like I've only played a couple hours into it. Uh, may play some more here tonight. We'll see. How, I'm going to try to get the show uploaded tonight. Um, but I mean, it's free to play if you have Game Pass. So if you have Game Pass, give it a shot. I think it's definitely worth it. Um, but uh, I guess that's the end of my thoughts on that, as I've only played a couple hours. But uh, I also enjoy the interactions between Weapon and um, and Chief. I also enjoy those interactions quite a bit. There's only been a couple that really stood out to me that are that are comedic. But there was um, one where it's just like right after you get the weapon and you're killing some banished and stuff, and um, she's just like, "Oh man, the banished smell exactly how how I thought they would." And Chief's just like, "You can smell them." And it's just like, well, yeah, you know, because of this sensor in your suit, whatever, you know, it just kind of comes through me, whatever, and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, so I can smell them. They smell terrible. She's like, you smell fine, by the way. Just like a little shit like that I thought was funny. So I'm enjoying to see how furthermore they're going to, their interactions are going to grow throughout the game. Um, you want to hop into the Game Awards now? I mean, mine as well. Got a lot to talk about. Uh, how do we want to start? Like I said, this is basically a three-parter. We got three different things to talk about. Which one do you want to start with? The show, uh, the awards, the announcements? Where do you want to start? Just the show? Let's start with show. Uh, what was your thoughts on the show? Is that, I mean, okay, so for me, um, I thought the I thought the announcements that we had weren't bad. There was only a couple things where it's like I was really like really hyped on. Yeah. There was only a couple. It's not like last year. Last year was like, Last year was a good fucking Game Awards. Yeah, last year was really good Game Awards. I mean, I thought the show was all right. Um, I was very curious because I felt like it went longer this year. I don't think it did, but it felt like it. See, it, it okay, it didn't go longer, but it does feel like it. It felt like a longer show. And I think the big thing is because for whatever reason this year, they made it seem like a regular almost television uh, award show because they had actually specific... Ad times, which was very odd to me. Raid Shadow Legends with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and um, I mean, that was like sort of the one thing that really sort of knocked me just because, I mean, I understand the mindset and the business aspect of why they would do that just right. because of how big the Game Awards has become. But at the same time, it's sort of out of press uh, perspective for people who are used to streaming and whatnot. I mean, we're used to seeing ads and things like that. That's yeah, yeah. not uncommon, but the way that it was actually sectioned like an actual uh, TV station or network would have it stationed in between an award show at different points in times and things like that was sort of different, not necessarily bad. It was just different and was very noticeable versus previous game award years. <coughs> Yeah, I agree. Uh, it was the pacing for it was very noticeably set up like that, you yeah. know. And with that, 
unfortunately, the branding of the show is what got hurt out of that. With how they had the pacing with the different ads and just the, the amount of announcements and stuff, like the actual branding, the game awards themselves is the ones that got shafted. Like there was a lot of awards that it's got, you know, sectioned off to the pre-show, for example, yeah. which that happens every year. But I feel like there was a few more awards than normal that got sectioned to the pre-show. And then it's also throughout the show, man, like they were just speed run through like five different awards. Yeah, no. Like, just one after another. Like, here are the nominees. Not even saying them. It's like, this is the winner. Here are the, here are the, the nominees for this. Here's the winner. Yeah, like, speed rounds. And it's just like, come on, man. Like, like you with how they had it all sectioned off and the pacing, ultimately it was the actual branding, the main focus of the show, that is what got hurt out of it. Yeah. Because when you're saying that, I mean, yeah, they sped run quite a few of the categories. I mean, some of them were minor categories, but yeah. there's also were some that actually got a spotlight the previous year. And then something you've mentioned beforehand is just actual ones that they spotlighted and people uh, coming up to accept the awards seemed like they didn't really have a whole lot of time. They had maybe a minute and a half, two minutes, yep. and they had to go Not off even stage. That. Not even that. Like they got, they would get like forty five seconds. It feels yeah. like. I mean, and that, that's what that's what fucking pissed me off because like you have the act, you have the game of the year winner. Shout to it takes two, by the way. And uh, Joseph's up there, and dude's got, like, literally a minute. Like, come on, bro. Like, that's, like, your crowning piece of the show. That is your finale of the show. And even he didn't get much time to talk. And, like, I, I feel like that was, like, the one area where it, it did really get impacted is just, like, shafting the developers. Now, I will say in terms of the developers talking – it is clear that the some of these developers are awkward. Not, yeah, they're they're not you, which is fair. You know, you're yeah, not you no. know you're not used to it. So maybe like some pre-recorded stuff might work out a lot better because that's just you in front of a camera with no one with not thousands of people in front of you. Yeah. So maybe something like that would be better. But I mean, either way, like let's give the developers a little bit more time to be praised, just to be praised for for the reward they just won. You know what I mean? I also got to say this: no matter how hard this man will try. Doug Bowser will never replace Reggie. <laughs> I'll say that up front. Because when Doug Bowser got oh. up there to accept the award for Metroid Dread, shout out to Metroid Dread, by the way, I'm just like, yo, this man's never going to be able to replace Reggie and just how well Reggie is able to speak in front of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is, which is kind of weird to me because, like, the thing is that about Nintendo of America that let's say a lot of, like, I'd say, like, a lot of casual, very casual fans don't know. Nintendo America doesn't make a fucking thing. They don't make games. That's no. Nintendo of Japan. Nintendo America is literally just marketing. That's all Nintendo of America is. So, like, for your lead guy at Nintendo of America to not be, like, in my opinion, like, super phenomenal talking to people on a stage or whatever, like, I don't know, that's kind of a weak point in my opinion. That's where Reggie excelled. Reggie, I mean, Reggie's introduction is one of the most legendary introductions in fucking history. You remember, right? Nope. When Reggie first came on stage, this is also his first appearance with Nintendo, you know, in the role that he was in. He came up there. He introduced himself as like, you know, I'm Reggie uh, Phyllis, you know, however you pronounce his last name, you know, uh, and he's just like, you know, I'm here to kick ass and we're here to make great games or whatever. That was his introduction at E3. That's like one of those legendary introductions a man can ever fucking make. You know, he was good in, in talking to people. We saw it at this event, too. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, Doug Bowser, man, I don't know. I don't know about this guy, you know. But, um, I don't know. I just, I wish we, I wish we would have spent more time on the awards. And, you know, I, I understand glossing over some. I do get it. 
you know, there's a lot that I, and uh, unfortunately, I do think can be glossed over. You know, no disrespect to the developers, but there are other categories that got shafted that I don't think could have been glossed, that you could have talked about a little bit more. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I thought the show was okay. I just feel like it, it did feel a little bit long. Like that middle section of the show really kind of, oh, yeah. it, it, it usually does, but it really did feel like a drug. Uh, any any other thoughts on the show itself? Uh, How do you feel about Among Us VR? <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing the streams on that. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm looking forward to seeing the streams on that. But I mean, it'll be a while before I fucking play that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not buying a VR headset anytime soon. So I don't know. Um, I will say on the plus side, at least at least Jeff is like listening to all the feedbacks. I did actually tune in to a Twitter Spaces that he did on. Friday where he was letting people come up and sp- talk to him one-on-one and gave their thoughts on the game awards, good or bad or anything. And, uh, there was that, you know, he took a lot of criticism and just, you know, he took it where she's like, Oh no, that's very fair criticism. You know, he's like, I'm not going to fight you on it. You know, and a lot, one of the most notable things was the lack of focus on the awards. And, uh, one of the most interesting ones that he actually pulled up was, I already mentioned him earlier on the show, uh, RGT 85, he was in the listening space and he requested to speak and Jeff actually pulled him up, which I thought that was interesting because RGT, you know, already put up like a review video, uh, just completely fucking trashing it, trashing the yeah. game awards. And when he was pulling RGT up as RGT is connecting, you know, cause it takes a couple seconds for it to connect on Twitter spaces. Jeff even acknowledged the video. He's just like, yeah, let's bring up RGT 85. I'm pretty sure he put up a video. It's in my feed. I haven't got a chance to watch it yet, but you know, uh, but I mean, you know, he, he understood very clearly that it was not a positive video because from the thumbnail and the, the title itself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he had a, you know, they had a good conversation about it and RGT just laid it on there about like, Hey, this is where you, fucked up you know and so at least shout out to jeff for at least taking this um criticism but now the question is is he going to actually do anything with it that is the question i mean it is his show that he created and produced but as a question of how much production is in in it now and how much can he alter to his own extent i mean i assume if he really wanted to he could change the entire show if he really yeah he, from, wanted what I to. from what he said yes because he says he 100 <coughs> percent owns the show himself no one else does it would just be a matter of uh, people and moving things around. So yeah, uh, I will also say one thing. Uh, I I I didn't really care for his uh, his little uh, start of the show addressing the harassment situation. Yeah, I, I didn't really care for that man. It feels so fucking forced. It's fucking lip service. That's all it is. Uh, I I didn't care for it because I I mean okay. I'm glad that he did it because he even he acknowledges and I, I saw some like Reddit threads, ask me anything threads before the show where, you know, people were asking about it and he was even addressing it where he even said, I understand that I have a large platform. So I'm trying to figure out what I can do to fix this and stuff like that. But like, bro, before the game awards, he was already like on the fence of like not addressing it and just making about the games. And the only reason he then turned around and said, you know, that, you know, like, oh, you know, Activision won't be at the show in any form besides any sort of reveals, which is because of the fucking amount of backlash that he got. I don't know, man. I feel like the, I, I feel like his response was very forced. It felt forced. It just felt like lip service to me. That's my opinion. Yeah, I sort of get that feeling. I mean, it may not have been, but I sort of thought just how it was set up in the show was sort of odd. Yeah. I mean, at least he let off with I it. Mean, That's good. Yeah, he let off with it, and it's a good thing that he did do it and everything and just addressed it, but I feel like it definitely wasn't initially planned 
for that spot. I agree. It definitely did not feel planned. And I don't know, man. Um, one thing that kind of bugged me is like, I, look, I get it. I do get it, man. You know, I get it from a business standpoint that you don't want to necessarily like call everyone out by name, but there are times where people need to be fucking called out by name. Call out Activision Blizzard. Like, don't just dance around it like you did. Like, call it out like, you know, the Activision Blizzard situation that's going on. Like, I understand it happens in other aspects of the gaming industry. I get that. You know, it happens to a lot of different studios. But, like, look, man, someone fucking committed suicide, you know, with this whole situation that Activision is dealing with. Like, don't fucking let them off with shit. I don't know. I feel like it was lip service. It felt really forced. I wasn't a fan of it. But at least he, I guess, at least he did it, I guess. Um, so do you, do we want to do awards or announcements? Do we, do we want to react to it? All right, let's hit up the announcements first. Um, we'll start with Star Wars Eclipse, uh, since I guess it's the first thing that I listed and it is the first thing that was revealed, which also I, I, I saw someone comment on this. I have no fucking idea. So don't, don't say, don't, you know, assume that I'm making this as like gospel, but someone pointed out, it's just like, oh yeah, I love how Jeff, you know, addressed the whole harassment situation the way he did. And then immediately pointed to a game studio that's dealing with a harassment situation. And I'm like, are, are they? I have no fucking idea. But anyway, so we did get a, a little reveal for Star Wars Eclipse. Apparently from what I'm seeing from reports, like that's like, this game's like three to four years off. Like, it's not anytime soon. Oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it's set in High Republic, and it's going to feature uh, multiple playable characters and branching storylines based on your narrative choices. And I'm like, by God, you got me. I'm not a Star Wars <laughs> fan, but I guess I'll play this game. <laughs> All right. I do like some branching storylines, so I guess I'll play this game. Uh, we did get a little brief reveal for uh, Wonder Woman, made by Monolith Productions. Very brief, mind you. I'll be curious to see how that turns out. I will be as well. And shout out to Jeff even pointing out that, like, no one had this on their bingo card. No. No one. I have not seen anything on Wonder Woman. They somehow managed to keep this. Because, like, I have seen some leaks, like, in some reports, like, a couple months ago for a superhero Superman game uh-huh. in development. But I've not, I haven't heard a damn thing about Wonder Woman. I mean, Monolith Games has done several other DC Hero games before, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, maybe I'm not. But Monolith Games is a good studio, and if it's Monolith, it's probably going to be some sort of action adventure s type. Mm-hmm. So I hope it turns out well. I mean, I'm not a massive Wonder Woman fan, but I mean, I'll check out the game if it looks like it's going to be a good game, at least. You know, yeah. Uh, Alan Wake Two. We've kind of seen some reports on this one for a while, but we did get the official reveal for this. Um, it's going to apparently be a survival horror. Screw this game. Oh. Ooh, okay. I mean, Alan Wake, <coughs> original action match was very good. It was set the atmosphere fantastically. Right. If they're going to actually go straight horror, um, f- depending on how they do it, I could feel that this may be like original fear style. <coughs> And where it's actually atmosphere, I'm actually sort of nervous while walking down a corridor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. So you're not a fan of the survival horror uh, concept they're going instead of the action game with horror elements. I mean, survival horror is a fine genre for me itself. It's when people go, like, super aesthetic on it. Right. I mean, I can deal with it and stuff like that, but I still in my mind go, eh, maybe not every other day. (laughs) I did hit Jimmy up about this. Yeah, I saw. You sent me a text. I did, didn't I? Yep. Yeah, I did hit Jimmy up. And uh, I, I sent him that, and I'm just like, you know, Ligma, this is going to be the last piece of news that you ever get from me. And he's just like, why the last? And I'm just like, because you're a negative bitch. And every time I send you good news, you're just like, 
oh, but, you know, and he'll just, like, shoot it down. He's like, I don't even remember the last time I did that. And I sent him that fucking video because I still have it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you, Jimmy. And he's just like, no, come on. Don't do this. I can change. I'm like, no, you fucking can't. Don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. He's like, I'm like, you're only wanting to change because I'm fucking cutting you off from your from your news nipple that you've been sucking on. You're not getting the news nipple anymore. Go get your new, go get your own new nipple to suck on. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't, yeah, I've yet to play Alan Wake. Sooner or later, I will. I promise. Because it's a personal goal for me to, to play it because you guys called me out and said I wouldn't play it. And look what's happened. I'm going to play this game. It's almost been a year. Since the, the remasters came out? No, it hasn't. I mean, it's been a year since the last time we've talked about it, I think. That's not true. You sure? Yeah, because Jimmy was on the show over the summer. So it's been six months. Fuck Half it. a year. <laughs> uh, next thing we had was a Texas Chainsaw Massacre game announced. It's going to be a multiplayer game by the Friday 13th creators. Is that something that's going to be up your alley? I mean, I will probably try it because, I mean, Friday the 13th was very fun because I held, I held back that game way back when. And uh, Friday the 13th, it came out. It was a fun game in its own right, but un, unbalanced, but it was fun. It had good community interaction and whatnot. It stayed alive for quite some while. I think there's actually still a couple communities still messing with it. So I'll be very interested to see how their take on Texas Chainsaw. I definitely won't play it. <coughs> play Friday the 13th one time. Oh, I'm, did you? Yep. Running around, doing my thing. See Jason, shit my pants, died immediately. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, I'm not playing this game anymore. <laughs> I'm not playing this one either. Uh, next thing we had was a game called Slitterhead Revealed. Uh, the Among Us VR was revealed as well. Uh, Dune Spice Wars, uh, it's an RTS game with 4X elements. Uh, I have yet to see the Dune movie. Uh, the old one or the new one. I still really want to see it. Everyone has said it's fucking fantastic. I'm, I'm confused what happened that brought Dune back into the limelight all of a sudden. Because I knew about the old movie. Right. And then before this new movie was announced, I saw several <laughs> Dune books show up that were republished as audiobooks and paperbacks. And I was like, why has Dune suddenly come back <laughs> up in the discussion again? Like, what happened here? It was its time. It was its time to come back, I guess. Yeah, because, I mean, you got the new movie. You got these books coming up. Now you have a new fucking game. I don't know. <coughs> I may check it out. We'll see. Um, Star Trek uh, Resurgence uh, made by uh, Dramatic Labs. Uh, this is a studio of Telltale Vets. So that's going to be kind of interesting. Cuphead DLC with a release date as well. Woo! June 30th. Cuphead. Uh, the Expanse. This is actually the return of Telltale, which was very shocking to see. I had no idea they were coming back. I missed that. Yeah, both you and me went, I thought Telltale died. <laughs> yeah, yeah, both of us. I, I shot you a text, and I'm just like, wait a minute, what? It's like, did we miss that? But, yeah, apparently they're on their way back. Uh, well, then next up, we had uh, Nightingale uh, announced. I'm actually very curious about this one. I am too, honestly. I'm not big on survival games, but I'd be curious <laughs> to try it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I haven't played a lot of survival games, only a handful, but Nightingale actually looks pretty cool. And then one of the I think this is one of the last announcements in the show. Uh, Arc Raiders was announced by Embark Studio, studio formed by former Dice and Battlefield developers. It's a PVE shooter coming twenty twenty two. It looked okay. Didn't get a lot out of the, what we got to see, in no. my opinion. But it's something that I will look at again. You know, once we have some more stuff coming out, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, from there. That was all the brand new stuff. New announcements yes, this year. Yes, that was all brand new. Um, Zach, why don't you run through some of the trailers that we got announced so I don't potentially get interrupted by a coughing fit because I have that itch in my throat that I've been fighting for the past minute. So one of the first ones was Tunic, which <laughs> I guess I missed this one. 
Um, cause I actually didn't realize they had started the pre-show stuff until like 30 minutes in when you texted me. So I missed some of that opening stuff, right. which I guess Tunic was in. Tunic actually led off the entire fucking show. That's what I was guessing. Yeah. Cause I remember there was something about it, Tunic last year and it looked pretty good. How did this one look? Oh, it looks good. That This is a game that I actually legitimately want to play. Like it, it, it it's a, it looks like a cute little like Zelda-esque type game. I think, I think it's going to be Is it Protagonist or Fury? It's Fox, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a Fox. I'm never going to let you change Fuck that. Fuck off! <laughs> I hate you. Um, one of the later trailers we got, which was phenomenal <coughs> watch, was the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Yeah, they actually went very much in detail on that oh, one. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, the gameplay of it looks very entertaining. It makes me very curious because it doesn't necessarily look open world, but it seems at least there's going to be zones. Mm-hmm. And that looks like it'll be very fun, with especially co-op. Well, it looks like it may be very fun. I wish we could have gotten to see a bit more of them actually fighting the Flash to see how the boss fights are going to be in this game. Seeing Shout it, out to the Flash using Kamehameha Wave. Yeah. <laughs> Considering all the boss fights are ideally going to be mostly uh, heroes who I guess have been jacked by Brainiac. Yeah. And so I'm going to be very curious to see how those um, boss mechanics are going to be. But overall, the trailer, the gameplay trailer looked very good. Is this going to be a potential pickup for you? Yes. Okay. Potential or yes, like for sure? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Um, then we had Hellblade 2, which I was confused that entire time during that. Jeff said that was all gameplay. I never played the first Hellblade, so I, I knew it was a series that existed. Right. Wasn't a series I realized that we needed a sequel for. If that was all gameplay... That is going to be one trip of a game. Yes. I, I only know one person who's a fan of Hellblade. It's actually Allison, believe it or not. Okay. Yeah, she is a massive fan of uh, Hellblade, and is immensely pumped up for Hellblade 2. And I'm just like, all right, I wouldn't have expected that, but okay. Because, I mean, if that was the gameplay of it, I assume it's going to be strictly on next-gen consoles because I do not see that happening on no, current, yeah. on eighth generation. Right. Um. I'm just, I'd be very curious to see how it actually plays because if that was all gameplay, because it just looked like one giant cinematic trailer, um, I have no idea what the button inputs and stuff for that was. Yeah, because there, there's nothing on like the screen or yeah. anything at all. Yeah, no, I I don't know. I mean, from what I understand, Hellblade One kind of has like some similar um, similar concepts. In terms of like you know, it, it just goes from scene to gameplay so fluidly. Yeah. Um. So apparently, this one kind of like really doubles down on that. I don't know. I mean, I thought in that aspect, I thought it looked good, but I, in I, I thought it looked good for like like what you're saying, a next generation game. Yes. Which is, the, I guess, the main thing, the main draw here is that it looks good for a next generation game. Then of course we got more on Forspoken, our weird, looks very good game, Wizard Woman. Um, I, I do have this one on my radar. I've got this one marked on the calendar. I mean, this one's on my radar, too. I'm still not sure what's going on with it, though. I don't either, but I'm going to find out. <laughs> I'm going to find out when I, like, I buy it. All these next-generation games, they all look phenomenal and everything. <coughs> my big thing with them, though, is just how fluid are they actually going to be. Right. So, yeah. Hey, we got a release date on that, though, May 24th. Yeah, so. that's good. Then we had Elden Ring stuff. Yeah, uh, an actual story trailer this time. Yeah, which I was okay with. I'm still not on the Elden Ring train. It looked good. I will say the story trailer kind of made me a little bit more interested in the game than I have been already. So we'll see if I pick it up come February. Yeah. Um, 
Maybe. Uh, if, if I see a little bit more on the game, I guess, before February, I probably won't pick it up day one. Uh, I'll probably wait to see some people playing it, like on Twitch or something. But uh, it is something that I'm open to picking up pretty quickly. We'll see. Then we got a trailer for the Halo TV series. Looking forward to that. Which should be entertaining. Um, I probably won't watch it, but go for it. I will. I will 100% get Peacock for this. Uh, Alex freaking yes. had a raging hard and just kept texting me during this was the Sonic Mo- 2 movie reveal. Let's fucking go! I'm so pumped for this movie. This movie's <laughs> going to be so fucking good. Movie of the year, hands down. Still never saw the first Sonic, but I, I find it funny just watching the trailer, just Jim Carrey's interaction. I was like, he just... <laughs> He just made Dr. Robotnik the mask. That's literally all I got from that is Dr. Robotnik has become the mask. Man, I can't wait for this fucking movie. April 6th, we got the release day for that, which is really exciting. Love the first movie. The first movie blew away every expectation that I had. I've said this quote before. I'm going to say it again. It's from, uh, it's from Diaz. You know, the way he put it is, like, I expected to go into this movie and have a good time. I didn't expect to come out and fall in love. That is exactly how it is. First movie is great, and I'm so pumped for the second one. Then we got the wonderful game reveal of Sonic Frontiers, which Alex is on the fins about it currently. Okay. I'm immensely excited for it, but I'm so fucking scared. Like, like the concept, I'm not on the fence about. The concept, I'm all on board with. It's just... Fucking Sega. It's fucking Sega and the Sonic team. I'm fucking scared about it, dude. Which it comes out holiday of 2022 at the same time as the wonderful movie, Mario movie, comes out. I feel like I, I feel like Frontiers could get delayed. I, f- I don't think it'll come out in 2022. I feel like Chris pa- Pratt can smash it. <laughs> Damn, man. Uh, no, Frontiers, like, you know, from the little bit we talked about earlier, the little bit they showed, the open world Sonic, basically. Uh, I mean, I feel like, I feel like it's a great concept that Sonic could you know utilize really well. Yeah. But it's just, will they do it right? That's the problem. Will they? Will it be a broken fucking mess? I don't know. They delayed this game already. It was supposed to come out this year. Um, I feel like uh, the Sega team that they're very much understanding that this game cannot fail. If this game fails, whew, boy. I don't know. I don't know how time when, to start remaking all those GameCube games. I don't know when they're going to be able to co- recover from that. I really don't because, like, you know, I, I meme on like Sonic 06 and stuff, whatever. It's like people need to play it, you know, blah blah, because it's so bad that it's good or so bad that it's funny or whatever the case is. But the thing is about Sonic 06 is like that game literally no shit hit the reset button on Sonic. It really did in terms of like it set it back years mm-hmm. in terms of sonic's credibility yeah and just every release since hasn't really helped that case there's been a couple of decent ones like sonic unleash is not bad which apparently now sonic unleash is a lot of fucking fun thanks to the backwards compatibility for the oh, xbox really? okay yeah because it can actually uh, you know set at a stable 60 frames at you know a second whatever and it, it's apparently it's a lot of fun to play now with backwards compatibility as of recently uh, you know, there's there's been a couple of like gems here and there that aren't bad. Sonic Mania, which wasn't even made by a fucking Sonic team, he's made by fucking fans um, that they just li- you know licensed. You know, Sega, you know, Sega's like, yeah, sure, we'll pay you to make it. Um, so I mean, dude, if this game flops, it's gonna set Sonic back again a long time. So I think Sega knows that, and I feel like they'll really take the time on this and I and potentially delay it again. I will say. At the very least, if the gameplay eats complete butt cheeks 
at least the story I have a lot of faith into because I did see that the lead writer, his name is Ian Flynn. He is the, he's basically the fucking man in charge of all things Sonic comics. Like all things Sonic comics, this is the guy. He is the guy that, that handles all the storylines. Is he the guy that made Sonic fall in love with a human? No, he didn't do anything with Sonic 06. No, he didn't do that. <laughs> oh, was that in Sonic 06? That was Sonic 06. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm not a big fan of Sonic's story. Shadow and Silver's story, I do like in Sonic 06. I will die on this hill about that. But no, Ian Flynn, I feel like with him, Sonic is in the right hands uh, in terms of story. Now, is it going to be in the right hands of everyone else? We'll see. I've seen some other people point out, like some other uh, key people that are working on the game, like this, like producer and whatever. And apparently, they're everyone is saying the game is in good hands. But I don't know, man. Until I see more, I'm a, I'm a step back big time. I'm a, I'm a step a good few yards back of optimism. Like I will see. You guys have fucked me for literally like 15 fucking years. It's been like this. So we'll fucking see. Anyway, what else we got? So the game. That has piqued my interest for a couple years now. Still unsure if I'm going to play it, but Lord of the Rings Gollum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we get to play as Gollum and smash a bunch of heads and be a little minion. And dump fucking magma on people. Yeah, and have split personality disorder. Yeah. Um, I mean, every time they show something of it, it intrigues me a little bit more. I don't know if I'll end up picking it up eventually, though. I mean, all the most recent Lord of the Rings games was with Talon and... Uh, War of the Rings and uh, no Shadow of Mordor and uh, yeah Shadow of Mordor and what War for Mordor yeah War of Mordor which were both very fun games I if they make a third one of those I'll fi- I'll fucking pick it up yeah I mean same those were both very fun games the army mechanics and everything I'd just, love for a third one man and Come just Talon's story was enjoyable um yeah so we'll see with Gollum and then of course um, Tiny Tina's Wonderland which. Yeah, I was curious your thoughts on this. They actually kind of showed off a lot. I mean, they've showed off a, had a couple like, visual and gameplay trailers since the initial announcement back during the Summerfest. My only thing with it is, I mean, it fits to their style for, with Borderlands, but I, I just really don't actually enjoy their marketing scheme mm. for Tiny Tina's Wonderland. They're more or less just marketing it as a joke and which... It fits the scheme of Borderlands. Borderlands has always sort of been that <coughs> happy-go-lucky style style thing, especially with Tiny Tina and her whole shenanigans. Um, so I'm not a big fan of the marketing style itself they're using, but the only unfortunate thing is I'm a Borderlands fan, right. so I'm at least willing to give Tiny Tina's Wonderland a chance, especially since the Bunkers and Badasses DLC this, they've made this game based off of was very fun and things like that. And just, I mean, it has, from the trailer they showed off, it has that Borderlands charm that could be good. I'm just slightly worried after 3, just because 3 wasn't exactly what we were hoping for. It was still a fun game overall, but it wasn't exactly what people were hoping for. Right. So, I mean, I'll be curious. It still seems somewhat interesting. Um, They made Torquebard, which just means... Instead of melodies, it's just going to be explosions. Okay. Uh, that was the last of the announcement, at least the major announcement. There, yeah, I think yeah. there were some other announcements that I just didn't highlight because I was having a fuck. Uh, so now let's go over to the award winners. Um, Zach, can you run us through that so I don't potentially get interrupted by a dying cough? 
All right, I'm going to go from the bottom up. That work, that makes I probably should have done that. To yeah, you probably should have, but yeah, here we my go. Bad. And I already see a fuck up, but okay. <laughs> um, so for most anticipated game, which has won for the last two or three years, yep. Elden Ring. <laughs> it finally won't win that award next year, but there it is, everybody. About Elden him. Ring. Yep. Um, multiplayer. It takes two. Okay. Which was very nice to see. Sim strategy, which I was not surprised for. I had hoped for Humankind, but I was not surprised by Age of Empires 4 winning that. Mm-hmm. That was an easy one. Uh, sports and racing, Forza Horizon 5, which is a fantastic looking game and yep. definitely deserves it. The Nintendo category, <laughs> not won by a Nintendo game this year. It takes two, wins the family award. Man, I was in the middle of a coughing fit. When they were announcing that, and even while coughing, like brutal coughing, mind yeah. you, they said that I started laughing and coughing at the same time, and it was a brutal experience. But I couldn't help but to fucking laugh. I mean, Chris takes two. Takes two took a lot of awards this year. Yeah, it did. I mean, I'm completely fine with that because that's like very good developer. Because they also did No Way Out, which was a fun game with same concept of requires a second person. Fighting game category, which I called this one, Guilty you Gear did. Strive. Yeah, I, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, hey, is that called that? All right. I was like, Guilty Gear Strive, which is a fantastic, fantastic fighting game, which I think is still on sale currently right now if you want to pick it up. RPG, which John was happy about. He was. He was pumped. Tales of Arise won RPG for yep. the year. Action Adventure, uh, Metroid Dread. Let's go. Alex's fun choice. Action, which I was very happy for. It was the one that I hoped was going to win. Was was very happy to see. Action Adventure got won by Returnal, mm-hmm. which I was actually super happy about. Uh, mobile game with Alex's supposed game, Genshin Impact won. You know of- why I put that, right? Nope. Okay. Um, the, the person that announced it, uh, whatever her name is, Power, she's a yeah. basketball player. That's how she pronounced it. Oh, she, is it? Yeah, she pronounced it wrong. She's like, Genshin Impact. I just started fucking laughing. And then everyone was starting to roast her about it online, too. So that's why I put it in there like that. Alrighty. Genshin Impact, everybody. Congratulations, Genshin Impact. Yeah, it got its award. Uh, debut indie, Kenna Bridge of Spirits. I'm very fucking close to picking that game up. I mean, you might as well. It looks very good. After seeing play for it, it's a lot different game than I was expecting. Yeah. Uh, than just any game award in general. Also, Kenna, yep. Bridge of Spirits. I got to say, I understand Kenna is like being held as like this phenomenal game, but I was a tad bit, tad bit, mind you, surprised that it won debut indie over Valheim. I, I was. Because Val, I, I really thought Valheim was going to win the debut ending category. Yeah. But, hey, I'm fine with Kenna winning it. I mean, Kenna apparently had a stronger voice in it than yeah. Valheim It's also more, it's more recent. Yeah. That's the thing. A lot of these awards, you'll notice when certain awards win because it's just more recent. It's more fresh on people's minds. Yeah. All right. Uh, excuse me. Performance won by Maggie Robinson, who performed as <laughs> Tall Lady in Resident Evil, which I was slightly <laughs> upset about this one, but at the same time I went... Tall Lady. Okay. She's literally the sole reason that saved Resident Evil Village. Yeah. And just whenever she got up to uh, accept that award, I went, damn, she's tall in real life, too. Yeah. Shit. (laughs) Yeah, she is. You were wanting uh, the guy, Jason Kelly, to win, right? Yes, for Colt. Yep. (laughs) Because his performance as Colt was amazing. Just (coughs) his performance and then also Juliana's voice actors, they just completely engross you with their dialogue and stuff in that game. Right. But... 
what Deathloop did win was art direction, which I was surprised about. <laughs> it won that. I went, I understand why it has a fantastic art just, uh, direction with the settings and everything. Just was surprised by that. Right. <laughs> uh, narrative got won by Guardians of the Galaxy. Woo, surprisingly. Let's go. I feel like it won due to recent stuck yep. in people's minds. Yep. I mean, it has a good story. It I just didn't expect it to win. I w- I'm so pumped that it won. <laughs> Um, then also game direction was also won by death loop, which I was super happy about, Yeah, which turned out real fun. And then game of the year, which was a surprise to everyone. It takes two. I was shocked to hear it was uh it takes two. I'll be honest. I didn't know or have a guess on what was going to win game of the year, but I did not think it would have been. It takes two. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't think it would be village or it takes two. Those are the two that I was very confident that it was not going to be, and I was very clearly See, wrong. See, it was a throw-up for me. I mean, <laughs> Resident Evil Village, I mean, it was in there. I didn't expect it. It takes two. I was unsure about. It was not at the top of my list, but I wasn't. I hadn't discredited it from winning. So, I mean, the fact that it took Game of the Year was actually fantastic because, I mean, It Takes Two is a very good game, but I don't think it was actually counted as a AAA game. Mm-mm. No, it's not. So... No, very shocking. Shout out to the development team uh, for that. Uh, shout out to all the winners. I'm glad that Guardians and Dread won a couple of awards. That's all I wanted. Yeah. That's all I wanted. Give me that, and I'm good, you know. But, uh, no, It Takes Two was a shocking one. I feel like people are going to look back on that as kind of like a question mark, like put a little asterisk beside it, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's one of those games that, like, unless you have someone to play it with, you, you can't even play this fucking game. So, I mean, you can play it. It'll partner you up with somebody online. Uh, sounds like fucking cancer. <laughs> sounds like cancer. I don't know about that one, but you want to play it? It takes two. I mean, we can. Okay. Well, I, guess I mean, I own a way out too. If you want to play their first game. Ah, uh, yeah, I forgot about a way out. Honestly, yeah. that was their first game that they did. Okay. Oh, yeah. I may have to play it at some point. It's like, cause it's like a traditional like couch co-op type of game. Right. Well, you can, you play, can it play it online. You can yeah. play it online, but yeah, it's a traditional couch co-op, and these are long games too. Right. These aren't things that you're going to do in one sit down unless you start at a early point in the day and you're planning on playing through this sucker all day. Right. I saw a lot of people very pissed off that uh, Psychonauts Two didn't win. It was surprising that Psychonauts 2 didn't win anything. I know. That's what baffled me is that it didn't win a single fucking award. Like, are you shitting me? I'm not even a Psychonauts fan, and I'm just like. It should have won an award. Honestly, for art direction, I thought Psychonauts was the uh, heavy winner for that one. Then Deathloop, I was super surprised. Yeah, no, it's surprising Psychonauts 2 didn't win anything. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I feel like besides like Psychonauts 2 not winning anything, and then, I don't know, I'm going to put a question mark on the game of the year until I can play it takes two. But besides those... Uh, I feel like they did. I feel like they they did really well on actually getting all the, in my opinion, the correct winners, and that's even including it takes two for best family game. Well, I would have loved to see like Mario Party Superstars or something, you know. But I get it takes two is such like this big polarizing coach uh, couch co op game, so I get why it won. I just thought it was funny, uh, but I feel like for the most part they they did really well getting all the correct uh, nominees. Do you kind of feel the same way besides art direction? <laughs> I mean, overall, I mean, I wasn't completely salty. Uh, I wasn't salty really about any of the winners or anything. I mean, uh, compared to last year, yeah. yeah. I feel like it went a lot better. True, true. 
All right. Well, uh, I think that is the show. I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up because I have been fighting an itch in my throat for like 20 minutes. <laughs> That's <laughs> it, unfortunate. Yeah, I've been fighting this itch where I've been trying not to let it just completely interrupt me while I'm talking. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. Uh, Zach, any last thoughts on anything that we talked about or anything? Uh, nothing particular. The only thing I really got to say is like, comment, subscribe, rate, whatever your platform allows. It does help. If you are watching on this on YouTube and you want to, if you like what's going on, you can have that subscribe button. And if you actually want to know whenever we upload anything and stuff, you can hit the bell. And it'll let you know regardless of what cast it is that week. That is true. We and do you have can, a lot of casts. Yeah. And you can do that at YouTube.com slash Sparky3. Do everything that he said and more, and we would definitely appreciate that. Uh, happy to be back on the show. That was the first episode in like 150 episodes that we've recorded here at Sparky 3 that I was not a part of. That yeah. felt really weird. Uh, so happy to be back on the show. Looking forward. Hopefully I'll, be, hopefully I'll be back on the show in full strength next episode where I won't be fighting a cough. Hopefully we'll be gone by then, which, of course, like I said earlier, episode 69 will have a special little announcement at the beginning. So please make sure to tune in for that to see what the announcement is. Uh, temper your expectations. We didn't get like sponsor or anything. Let me go ahead and squash that. But, you know, it's just something here in-house that I'm really excited for. But uh, make sure you go check out the other podcasts like Animan Plus and stuff. And until next time, guys, have a good one. See you. Bye.